G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Some people have come to Christ with great excitement, but then drifted away. The excitement and commitment waned. Pastor Greg Laurie comments. It's great to have a great start and a great finish, but here's what's not good. The greatest of starts and a horrible finish. It doesn't matter if you've held the first place position for nine out of 10 laps. If you don't finish the race, you don't win the prize. And the same is true of the Christian life. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Some people decide one day to get back to the gym. They make the commitment on Monday and they're all in. Tuesday, well, they're there. Wednesday, Thursday, maybe a little bit late. Friday, oops, I missed that one. And by the following Wednesday, they want their money back. Some people come to Christ full of passion and resolve. But today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out, it's not how you start, but how you finish. It's our final study in Nehemiah, where we'll learn to finish well. Imagine for a moment what it would be like you've been saving for your big vacation to Hawaii. (laughs) Your plane lands, the warm balmy breezes of the islands roll over you and you check into your hotel and the next morning you get up bright and early and you're going out for a cup of coffee and suddenly you get a buzz on your smartphone and you read this message that's on the screen, emergency alert. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Of course, this happened, as you all know, to all residents of Hawaii and to visitors as well. And for 37 minutes, people waited. I read some articles about it. Some people were running through the streets screaming. Some parents were putting their children into uh, little storm drains because there is no emergency shelter in Hawaii. There are no places for people to go if a nuclear weapon were detonated. That is not the kind of news you want to wake up to in the morning. Thankfully, it was a false alarm. Well, we're back in the book of Nehemiah for a final message. And uh, Nehemiah, at this stage, historically has gone back to Babylon. Remember that's where he was originally, serving as the king's cupbearer when he heard the news that the walls of Jerusalem were lying in burned, charred out rubble. So Nehemiah made the journey to Jerusalem, funded by the king, even with an armed escort, and he rallied the people and did the impossible. They rebuilt the walls of the city, they prayed, They dedicated themselves to the Lord. They confessed their sins and a great revival broke out. But now he's given a message that things aren't going well back 
in Jerusalem and he needed to return. Reminding us that just because you have a good beginning, it does not guarantee you will have a good finish. Well, the foundation was laid in Jerusalem. The walls were rebuilt. The temple was there, but they were not keeping it. They were not doing well at all. They started well, but they were not finishing well. Listen, it's great to have a great start and a great finish. But you can even have a mediocre start or even a bad start and have a great finish. But here's what's not good. The greatest of starts and a horrible finish. If you're running in a race and you don't finish the race, it doesn't matter if you've held the first place position for nine out of 10 laps. If you don't finish the race, you don't win the prize. And the same is true of the Christian life. So let's backtrack a little bit. Then we'll kind of get to the conclusion. But let's pick up chronologically where we left off last time. You remember uh, Nehemiah returns. They rebuild the walls. Ezra is brought out of mothballs. He led the first wave of Jews returning to Babylon. He helped to rebuild the temple. He had been largely inactive. They bring him out again. He reads scripture to the people for three hours. Then they confess their sins to God for three hours. And there's this great revival that breaks out. And now the people make a series of very significant commitments to the Lord. And that's where we pick up. We're in Nehemiah 10. Then the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all who had separated themselves from the pagan people of the land in order to obey the law of God together with their wives, sons, daughters, and all who were old enough to understand. They swore an oath. They bound themselves with an oath. And they swore a curse on themselves if they failed to obey the law of God as issued by his servant Moses. They solemnly promised to carefully follow all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our God. We'll stop there. So back to Nehemiah. He's returned to Babylon. Mission accomplished. Awesome. So glad I obeyed the Lord. The walls of Jerusalem are rebuilt and everything's wonderful. There was a revival and someone says, hey man, things aren't going well back in Jerusalem. Uh, First of all, the people aren't giving. In fact, it's so bad that the Levites have gone home. The priests there, they're not being supported. And uh, the people are intermarrying all these weird pagan people and they're worshiping their false gods. In fact, their kids don't even know the language of Israel. They're learning these other languages and everything's falling apart and there's sin there. And so you gotta go back and do something. As Yogi Berra said, it was like deja vu all over again. So Nehemiah says, all right, uh, I'll return. So he, he goes back and he finds this situation just as they described, maybe even a little bit worse. And basically the temple wasn't functioning any longer. And to sort of show how bad it had gotten, they let Tobiah back in. Do you remember Tobiah? We learned about him earlier in Nehemiah. Tobiah, Sanballat. This guy was a total creep, okay? Remember that Tobiah, along with Sanballat, tried to stop the rebuilding of the wall 12 years earlier. First it was a potential military attack against Israel. Then he got involved in a plot to take Nehemiah out personally. And when those efforts failed, he did everything he could to discredit Nehemiah and slander him. Tobiah was trouble with a capital T. So Nehemiah returns to Jerusalem and what does he find? He finds they've given him 
a guest house to Tobiah in the temple. Tobiah's in the temple. It's like, what are you guys, crazy? What are you doing here? Yeah, the fox was in the hen house. And Nehemiah was seriously and righteously angry. And he took immediate action. Go over to Nehemiah 13, verse 8. I became very upset and threw all of Tobiah's belongings out of the room and then I demanded all the rooms to be purified and I brought back the articles for God's temple, the grain offerings and the frankincense. I love that. Out with the old, in with the new. When something is dirty, you need to clean it. And Nehemiah says, fumigate the place. It still smells like Tobiah. Well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And he's presenting a message called, This Is Not a Drill. We've just learned how Nehemiah essentially cleaned house, including evicting a certain man named Tobiah. Let's continue. Tobiah was trouble with a capital T. Do you have a Tobiah in your life? You know, someone that just always gets you going the wrong direction might be a guy or girl in a romantic relationship of sorts or someone else they just bring you down. You got to separate from this. This reminds us of when Jesus went into the temple and cleansed it. Remember he overturned the tables? By the way, did you know he did that twice? Isn't that amazing? So first he goes into the temple and in the outer court of the Gentiles they've set up all these tables with these jacked up prices ripping people off. So people come in, they bring their little lamb for the offering and one of the guys at the tables would say, oh, that's, that's never gonna pass muster. You can't offer that lamb, but we'll sell you this other lamb at a higher price, and this is horrible. Instead of praying for the people, they were praying on the people. So Jesus came in, literally turned the tables over, drove them out, even used a whip, which I love. You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, dun da dun da whack, you know. But then, a little bit of time passes and someone sets up the first table, then the second, then the third. Next thing you know, it's happening again. And he has to drive him out a second time. You've got to stay on top of things because it's very easy to take one step forward and two steps back. This might be a good time for me to admit a serious addiction I've struggled with for a great part of my life. I've never shared this before publicly, but I'm going to share it now. My addiction. I bite my fingernails. <laughs> it's the worst habit ever. Does anybody else bite their fingernails? Hold up your pathetic little hand. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Usually when I'm under stress, I, <laughs> you know. Uh, and when you bite your fingernails, you're very limited. Like if you drop a dime on the floor, forget about it. You can't get it. No nails. Your, your little nubs are, you can't, I can't do I just, I'll take a piece of paper, slide it into the dime. You know, you learn little tricks. When you go to scratch yourself, it's just like, you know, it's no nails. You need the nail, man. Nails are good. So I, I have victory right now. My nails have grown out for now. I'm not making any promises. There's always tomorrow. I'll get under a little stress, you know. Okay, that's life, isn't it? I'm doing well. Look at my life. Everything's together. All my ducks are in a row. Okay, good. Then there's tomorrow. And there might be a little problem. And a little problem will turn into a bigger problem. Then one thing will lead to another. That's what happened here. But God gave them a chance to repent, and they did. 
Isn't it great that God gives second chances? He'll give you a second chance today if you need one. All right, as we come to the end of this message, back to that ominous warning about ballistic missiles headed to Hawaii. Look at it again. I mean, imagine. You look at your phone. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. I read some articles about what was happening. I already told you people were panicking, freaking out. But not everybody. You know, we have a friend, her name is Shelly. She has a second home over in Hawaii on the North Shore of Oahu. And so she texted my wife Kathy. She said I had a neighbor come over to my house panicking saying, what do we do? Shelly said the first thing we do is we pray. And then she prayed with her neighbor and then she said now we need to make sure that we know where we're going when we leave this earth. Everybody needs a neighbor like this. You need to be a neighbor like this. You know, Shelly could have said, hey man, I'm freaking out. I don't have time to deal with your drama. No, she took time for her to help her. Just like Nehemiah left the comfort of the palace in Babylon to go help his people. And we need to do that same. Be that neighbor. Let me be that neighbor for you right now. One day a real threat will come your way in life. It could be a nuclear threat. More likely it will be a personal one. That unexpected heart attack. Car accident. One thing is certain. No one gets out of here alive. Do you know where you're going? I heard about an inscription on a tombstone. These words are written on it. Pause now stranger as you pass by. As you are now so once was I. As I am now so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. Someone reading that tombstone was overheard to say, to follow you is not my intent until I know which way you went. <laughs> so which way will you go? You have two options. When you die, and you will, unless the Lord comes before that, and He could. But if you die, or when you die, you will either go straight to heaven or you will go ultimately to hell. I don't say that with any pleasure. I just say that because it's gospel truth. And the last thing God wants is for you to go to hell. That's why He sent Jesus to this earth, His one and only beloved Son, and poured His judgment upon His Son. You know, we deserve the judgment. We've rebelled against God. We've defied God. We've broken the laws of God. And yet God took His only Son and put that judgment on Jesus so we didn't have to face it. Man, that's love. And He'll forgive you of any sin you've ever committed. But you must say, God, forgive me. This can happen for you right now. Or if you're one of those people I talked about earlier that, you know, you've kind of veered off the path. You say you're a Christian, but you're doing things a Christian should not do. You can come back to Jesus. Let's get that resolved right here, right now. Let's all bow our heads in prayer. Everyone praying, Father, I pray now that you will speak to the heart of every person that's here, every person that's listening and watching wherever they are. If they don't know you yet, Lord, help them to come to you now, we pray. Amen. Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer for those who want to make a change in their relationship with the Lord. Now if that's you today, 
Pastor Greg would like to help you a little bit more right now. Listen, if you would like Jesus Christ to come into your life right now, if you would like your sin forgiven, if you would like a new start in life, I'd like to lead you in a prayer where you would ask for God's forgiveness. So I'm going to ask you to just stop what you're doing right now and bow your head and pray this prayer with me if you want to make a commitment or recommitment to Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I know that I'm a sinner. And I thank you for dying on that cross for my sin and paying the price for it and rising again from the dead. I turn from that sin now and I make a choice to follow you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for calling me and forgiving me and receiving me and loving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. We'd love to follow up with you by sending something called our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help you get started living as a Christian. We'll be glad to send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and help you build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on 1-800-00-5011. Well, next time, some practical help for all of us who are encountering the difficulties of this uncertain time. Pastor Greg Laurie offers a message called What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. Join us same time tomorrow right here. like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called This Is Not a Drill. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.